my goodness gracious. Hello, howdy, howdy, howdy. It's me, Josh, your host for the Texture Podcast. My goodness, you guys. If it isn't anything, I'll tell you what it is. It's 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018. And my goodness, who could have seen this coming, right? It's a crazy time to be alive. It's a strange, tumultuous, I'll just go ahead and say bad time to be alive. I mean, I know that we still have a lot of privileges. Hopefully most of us have our health and our safety and are able to pay for meals and provide for our family. But apart from that, the world is going batshit. And um, I am tempted to be a doom and gloomer or to be cynical about the present age because it feels pretty damn bad, I must say. But, you know, here's where I get a little bit of comfort. Here's one of the places is that I've been, <laughs> I've been reading this book by Anne Lamott called Plan B, which came out in 2005. So it's been a while, uh, 13 years. And at that time, remember, so this would have been four years after 9-11, and this would have been President Bush in office, and in much of this book, her book is not political in nature, it's essays about her life and about spirituality and other things, and about writing. But in this book, she can't help but just refer to the fact that we, at the time, were you know fresh on to the war in Iraq. And she complains about Bush a lot. And she, at that time, is just going, this seems like as bad as it can get. And even in her referencing the current time of 2005, she talks about living through uh, the presence of Vietnam as she was a much younger woman and how that seemed like the worst time that could possibly be this, this awful war that we shouldn't have gotten our noses in and it was just an unpopular, very public war. And so anyway, I don't mean to take this whole thing political, but I just mean 2018, politically a mess and, and basically has been since 2016. Um, I, I don't even care if you're for Trump or against him. I just mean it's a, it's a mess. It's a disaster. It's a bunch of childish voices um just making a big stirrup often about nothing and then the more important things seem to get brushed aside it's just it's a lot it's a lot to take in it's a lot to know how to be a part of the solution here to contribute anything worthwhile to being alive in this time when it's just mess after mess and constant controversy often about the most petty things in the news or about celebrities or on Twitter. The things that people get fired up about and they immediately forget, even though people's careers are ending or shows being canceled. And uh, my goodness, and all I can hope to do, well, listen, texture... I want to be at least some little drop of a healing salve, a little ointment for your brain 
and your soul and your heart and your mind and your spirit just a little 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 cold cream to soothe the madness because if you're anything like me you intend on each given day to wake up and not go seeking out those things the news or the feeds or the whatever it may be the articles and yet find yourself drawn to them anyway and i'm not saying we should live in complete ignorance and ignore what's going on in the world but it's uh there's something to be said about i don't need to know about um roseanne tweeting something and getting canceled and all the responses and comments to that and the backlash and and white people getting fired up about racism and it's uh questionable as to whether that was even anyway perhaps i shouldn't go there but it's just like goodness sakes it's so it's so petty it's so childish it just seems to me like there are bigger things going on in the world that are actually problems instead of just getting upset at a celebrity for something dumb they said yeah they shouldn't have said it they should know by now what to say and what not to say online but we're just a bunch of children pointing fingers and screaming and saying such and such misbehaved and thank god it wasn't me and I'm going to shout at them to keep the attention off of what I know that I do privately that I would be publicly shamed for. It's just, yeah, it's just a mess. So I'm not here to make you sad. You're aware of all those things. And the, the fact of the matter is, is we're just in this and there's no escaping that until we die or until we move on to a different phase. And I, I do think despite all the negativity, despite how the world can feel after going on the internet and reading some things from a bunch of immature and insecure human beings who are insistent on placing blame that is completely frivolous and empty, all that can feel bad, but despite that, I do think there are uh, I do think there is growth happening, like collective growth across the world. I do think that one of the positive things is just being more aware of these issues, even if they're petty or even if they're a bit uh, exaggerated or blown out of proportion for the sake of tearing someone down. It is at least making us more cautious about what we say. And maybe not cautious, but just aware that we just, we need to be sensitive to other people. So anyway, Anne Lamott is comforting to me because it just, it communicates that the present time of the world has probably always felt like the worst possible time to those people. Yeah, Trump is crazy and most of us didn't choose him. Most of us didn't want him there. 
and he's just a big kid with a lot of power and a short temper and a weird ego issue. And, you know, this time will pass if he doesn't get us all killed. And, um, yeah, I'm struggling to know even what to say because this is all hard to get my mind wrapped around. And, uh, goodness, I think the, all the shouting out loud, all the finger pointing, it's just, I mean, uh, we, we love having someone else. We love having someone else to point to for that very reason that I just said, because then the attention, the negative attention, the bad attention, the criticism and the hate, then it's not on us. And as long as we make sure that we're sounding like we're on the right side of the argument, as long as we're on the majoritive side, I don't know if that's a word, the majority side of the argument of, oh, such and such is a racist. I better make sure that I post something in all the places calling out the racist. He's over there. We found him. Found him, internet police. Go get him. Go get him. Tear him down. Does he have any money? Has he built up any possessions? Has he has he done anything successful, he or she, in their lives? Tear it down. Tear it all down. They made one mistake. Maybe it doesn't define who they are. Maybe it was a dumb thing to say, but nope. Get it out of here. That's it. No chances. No trial. No judge or jury. We're the judge and jury, bitch. And we say what happens to you next. I mean... I'm using hyperbole, but it's not that far off, is it? I mean, the term crucifying people online is not such a stretch. And what is that? And, you know, I won't get into who deserves it or who doesn't, because even that is a, a judgment call coming from me. But it's just... I think that sort of mob mentality says something a lot deeper about individuals and humans in general. And it's, it's frightening, you know, what a, what a society to live in where, yeah, we're more aware of issues. We realize that we need to be sensitive. We realize that it, it, it should be obvious to everyone. It should be common knowledge and and common sense and just be built into our nature that there are all different kinds of people and races and ethnicities and genders and communities and just that like we're all the same thing man more or less we're all the same thing and that yeah we should come out of the box with just a basic loving acceptance of all the people because hey that one over there doesn't look like me but it's the same thing it's a human with a heartbeat and presumably a soul but this sort of insistence 
with no grace and no second chances and no opportunity to be heard or to be understood or explained. I mean, what about the cases where with the sexual misconduct stuff, the ones where women just made things up about guys to get attention? I know that hasn't been the majority. I know there's some creepy dudes and harassing men or women sexually when it's not desired. If That's no good, obviously. No. See, that should be common sense. Treat other people well. Don't be a creep. Don't be getting all up on them unless, unless they're inviting you to be all upon them. That's called consensual. <laughs> but back to the point. What about these stories where the person being accused ended up being completely innocent? The internet doesn't give a shit. The internet doesn't even do their homework to get, to find out the end of the story. They just saw such and such is accused of this. And so I therefore write off that person forever in my mind as a sexual deviant. I hate them. I owned some of their books or their albums or their movies and I burned them. And I tweeted out a hashtag hate such and such or hang such and such or kill i don't know what whatever the hashtags are anyway it's just it's so dehumanizing and of course that's what the internet does that's what it's so easy to do it's easy to be um i mean anonymous yes but it's easy to just be brutal to be inhumane to be far more harsh than we would ever have the balls to do in person at least in most cases, some folks would. It's strange stuff. And, you know, one could say that part of the answer perhaps is to just leave those places. Certainly Twitter, which I'm still admittedly strangely addicted to, even if it's addicted to, you know, typing up some ridiculous clever joke that I'll never get to tell in any other context and that four people might click the little heart on because maybe they giggled at it throughout their day. You know, that's so talk about petty, talk about inconsequential and frivolous, but yeah, still kind of addicted to it. And oh, while I'm there, might as well go look at the moments, might as well go look at the newsfeed. Oh, what's trending? Who's in trouble today? You know, so anyway, I'm just saying, I'm not above this. I'm still um, hopefully not part of the problem, but at least participating in the uh, reading of these things. And so perhaps part of the answer is just, well, don't go there anymore. Delete those accounts. Don't visit that site. There's no reason to be there. I mean, it's been said many times before for quite a while now that Twitter has just become a toxic wasteland. And those people are probably quite right, and maybe I'll grow in maturity and get the hell out of there eventually. But there is sort of a weird, almost fascination with seeing it. Even if you're not participating, it's like this strange circus going on every day. And it never makes me feel good. You know, this is something that we used to talk about a lot on Inkineko. 
It's just that, I mean, when, how many times have I logged out of Twitter or even Instagram or anywhere else and felt really great and felt good about humanity and felt good about the state of the world? And the point of life is not to feel good all the time or to be in denial about the bad things that are happening. But I don't know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like voluntarily walking into an illegal fighting ring, like an underground fight club or something and seeing people be obliterated in front of your eyes. And it's kind of entertaining. It's kind of fascinating, even though you're watching and you're going in your heart of hearts. Ah, no, let's like break this up. Let's calm down. So what's the issue? What was the issue originally? Okay. You apologize. Okay. Thank you. You apologize. And this is all face to face, by the way, in this, in this, uh, hypothetical fight club ring that you go watch every day. That's entertaining yet. It's toxic. That's the sensation that I get of just all these opinions firing around all this negativity flying around and all this childishness and just these, these, um, immediate judgments. There's a term for that. I can't think of it. Snap judgment. Thank you, Josh. I think I mostly wish that we could all just calm down a little bit and I know that empathy, the word empathy gets thrown around so much. Uh, that's a, a trending word in a different way, but that, yeah, we need empathy even online to recognize these are other human beings who are someday going to pass from this life and into the next one and be absorbed into the great oneness or whatever it is that happens. I truly don't even know. Okay. I don't know anymore. So don't hold me to that as my one view. Cause I have like 17 possibilities about the afterlife, but, um, if there is one, but yeah, just if everybody, everybody needs to, well, okay. I'm not, I won't say that everybody needs to take psychedelic mushrooms, but I'm not being a proponent of doing something illegal. I just mean that if you happened to trip and fall in the woods and some psychedelic mushrooms found their way into your mouth and made you trip balls for eight hours and realize that, wow, 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 we're all the same thing and we need to calm down and we need to be kind to each other. (laughs) I think that would give us all a real big shift in perspective to just realize these are humans, even the ones that mess up bad, even the ones that mess up bad, even the ones that sure. Okay. Maybe need to be uh, punished in a court of law for their crimes and go to jail or pay a penalty or, or something, whatever it may be. I'm not going about forgiving everything that's ever been done. That's Jesus's job. I'm not him, but I just mean that people get massively in trouble for things that eh, maybe, maybe they're deserving. Maybe we need to all cool it a little bit because dude, on the turn of a dime, 
you could be in that position, whether you're a celebrity or a, a person of notoriety or not. You could be in that position so quick. You could have a tweet or something go viral that is somehow perceived as racist or bigoted or sexist or that you hate women or something. And maybe that was just some dumb thing that you did. You sent out at 9 p.m. on a Thursday after you'd had two beers and it was funny to you. And I'm not, that is hypothetical. I haven't done that specific thing. I'm not above it. I probably could do that specific thing, but something like that. So inconsequential and it goes out into the world and the wrong person sees it at the wrong time and they go, (gasps) Oh, I'm so offended. Oh, I'm so offended. Uh, Offended. My lifestyle's offended. My way of being is offended. I can't even believe that I read that. And then off it goes. Off it sails into the ethos of death, man. Well done. (laughs) And... You know, the more I'm speaking, the more I'm convincing my own self that, yeah, part of the answer may be to just remove ourselves from those places or at the very least, don't go them, don't go to them for no reason, unless you have something specific that is kind or exciting or generous or fun or just anything on the positive spectrum to send out into the world, like a little silly joke that'll brighten someone's day. Not some sort of like Avada Kedavra spell in the form of however many characters Twitter allows now, you know, to kill someone verbally. Zippity-doo-dah. My goodness, what a wild time. But see, the great thing is that There are always humans around us in the world that we can uh, actually interact with face-to-face and speak with and look them in the eye and say, hello, other human. How are you doing today? And not in the passive throwing it out there phrase, how you doing? The one where you're not even listening to the answer and you're just waiting for the next thing to say or you're waiting to order your coffee or your hamburger or something, but looking them in the eye, eyes, both eyes, and remembering for a fraction of a second, oh yeah, here's another one like me. And baby, we're both headed for the same place. And yeah, this existence is bizarre and scary But for just a few seconds or minutes or hours, I'm going to have a connection with this person. And that's going to be so much better than logging in to the web (laughs) and reading some things that make me want to tear out my heart immediately. Which brings me to a point on a different note that that was just a rant 
you're welcome for that if any of you haven't turned this off. In all seriousness, I was, I've been thinking about, or I've thought about for a long time, the, the idea of uh, people in food service, which maybe you are one of these people. Maybe you work at a coffee shop or a fast food restaurant. Maybe you're a bartender. Maybe you're a waiter or waitress at a restaurant. Um, maybe you're a cashier at a grocery store. Maybe you are an attendant at a gas station. Well, whether or not you are one of these people, surely you interact with them from time to time. And having been one of these people myself, I've worked at Sonic, I've worked at Cold Stone Creamery. Yes, I sang for tips quite often. Sometimes the little shithead teenagers who would put in a penny and be like, you have to sing. <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. And we did. Oh, we sang. We sang our little hearts out. And uh, I've also worked at Whole Foods Market as a cashier. Lowest tier. And these people who work in these positions interact with the broadest spectrum of human beings imaginable. Because think about it, at least in our country and the way that our society is set up, everybody, if you have a car, you need gas. Everybody needs groceries. Everybody, you know, doesn't need coffee, but they get coffee or they get food or they go to a restaurant. And it's just that each and every day as these people clock into their shifts, they are getting, they are signing up for a wild card mixed bag cornucopia of human beings and they don't have control over who they get to interact with and who they don't. They don't have control usually over when that interaction begins and ends. It is thrown upon them and they have to deal with it even though they are making minimum wage. So, that's just framing it for you. I'm not saying these people's lives suck. Some of them are freaking great at it. I have known people in those positions who have such amazing, positive attitudes and can diffuse shitty customers and can have a peaceful demeanor even when they are being ripped up and down for something so ridiculous like you don't have any soft avocados for me to buy you person standing here at the cash register. Anyway, there are some amazing people in food service. Now what I'm doing here is just reminding you when you interact with these people, when you talk to a barista at Starbucks or elsewhere, or even, you know, I, I know these are small little interactions, but again, like I was, what I was saying, these are other human beings and maybe they, Maybe that person at the checkout line at Safeway Grocery is, maybe they are checked out, no pun intended. They don't want to be there. They're counting down the minutes till their smoke break or till they are off the clock. And maybe they don't want to interact with you. Maybe they will say nothing. Maybe they'll say the bare minimum. You know, that's fine. You can't control every one of these, but... When you're stepping into these situations, it can be so beautiful and fruitful and positive to take a minute or a second when you're in line or whatever 
and just observe for a minute. Observe what they're wearing and maybe they're, they've got a cool bracelet on. Maybe they've got a cool tattoo or a necklace or interesting hair or a shirt that you like. I don't mean like checking them out. It's not what I'm saying. I just mean be observant. Observe their, their interactions, their body language. Are they seeming bummed out? Are they seeming peppy? Somewhere in between? And just, you know, what does it hurt to just be like, hey, I really like your bracelet. Where'd you get that? Or, oh, that's a beautiful tattoo. Like, where did you have that done? Maybe don't ask them the meaning of their tattoo because sometimes that's deeply personal and often they're tired of saying that. But, you know, you can think of your own things. But I, I try to make an effort every time. Be, I mean, perhaps I have more empathy towards this because I've been in those positions. I have dealt with the shittiest, most unaware, regressed pieces of human garbage that you can imagine. <laughs> I know I'm Mr. Empathy over here, but uh, still, like, I've dealt with some bad folks, okay? Just, they are nothing but pure toxicity. They are a cancer on the world, okay? The fact that these people are still breathing. But they still needed their rainbow chard from the produce section. And, you know, you could be in the checkout line at the grocery store or at Starbucks or at McDonald's. I don't care where it is. You you could be the singular beacon of light in that person's entire day, in their entire shift. You might be the only person who takes time to notice them, who takes time to look them in the eye and ask them how they're doing, who takes time to just be aware enough to to interact with them and not treat them like some hindrance, like some gatekeeper that they just have to get through in order to get their groceries and get the fuck out the door, you know, because that is so often how those people are treated. I think, you know, these little self checkout things at grocery stores, that is just one step of more that are coming that are I, I know they're convenient. I've used them myself. I'm not above those. Sometimes you are in a hurry and you just need to do that. But that's that's one step. That's one point in our day that's going, ah, thank God I don't have to interact with a human right now because I don't really want to do small talk. I really just want to get my five things from Target and get out the door and carry on with my life, you know, which something could be said about us just going faster and faster and how that's maybe not good. But think, you know, it's not that unlikely that pretty soon we can just order our coffee through a touch screen and not have to interact with any humans and order our fast food through a touch screen and not have to interact with any human beings at all. So at least while this is still around, I mean, these are people and they interact with shitty people all day and they have a life that they go home to. They have financial concerns. They maybe have children. Maybe they have a shitty car that's not running really well right now and they can't afford to get it fixed. Maybe they're riding the bus. I don't know. I know these are wild 
rabbit trails to, to take in the sort of imagining another person's life, but it humanizes them, right? It makes you go, okay, they are not that different from me. Our live paths have brought us to different positions, but here we are in the same place and we're interacting for 30 seconds or two minutes in order for me to get my coffee and just be aware that they've dealt with some dickhead who thinks that they, the barista, are a piece of garbage and they're an interruption to their busy day making a bunch of money, shaking hands with a bunch of suits. (laughs) And they've been treated like garbage. You know, it's almost like they are, they are so dehumanized, the people in these positions, because they're, they're really just human, uh, like, I, what, what is it? They're, they're like butlers that just get us what we need, even if what we need only costs $2. So I don't know for what that's worth. I think you get the point, but I'm passionate about this, you know, clearly because I've been there and I've been treated poorly and it's hard to, it's, it's hard to keep going. It's hard to not dread your work day when you know that that is ahead of you. So all this could be summed up in the narrative that is just be kinder to people, you know? And man, I have had some beautiful interactions, even in tiny little moments like that, where I have seen people's faces light up You know, it's like such a pleasant surprise to them. You could be a gift to that person's day. There was a dude at Trader Joe's who had super long, like metalhead hair and a beard. And just, he had the look of someone who goes home and shreds on guitar, like, watching YouTube videos to learn corn songs. Okay. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not even making fun of him. He just looked like one of these dudes. And so somehow we got talking. I asked him a question. He mentioned going home to do that very thing to play his eight string guitar or his eight string bass or something ridiculous like that. So we got talking about that. And this is all while he's just beeping my groceries. I'm bagging them. Then we get talking about VHS tapes. He finds out that I collect them. He gets excited about that. We're talking about old horror movies and stuff. And it's just like, boom, there it is. Is that the most deep or profound conversation ever? No, but I could have just kept my mouth shut. Could have said, hey man, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? How you doing? How you doing today? Oh, great. Yeah, great. Me too. Great. We're all great. In America, everybody's fucking great, even though we're not. It's just an automated response. That is our That is our automated response out of office message is to say we're doing great because our brains are checked out from that moment. Anyway, all that to say, I could have passed by that moment and just kept quiet. Got a lot of stuff on my mind. Yeah, it's not a great day. Just got off work, just doing some groceries. Could have said nothing, but instead that moment was turned into something small but meaningful and lovely. So go do it, you silly goose.
treat those people well. And just to be clear, sometimes you will get denied. Sometimes you will give give them a little alley-oop and they will not make the connection. <laughs> sometimes it's going to be the person at the checkout counter who is blowing you off. And that's no, no biggie, man. No loss, baby. So there you go. Carry on with kindness. It can go pass it on, you know. Goes a long way. I've had a lot of trepidation about doing this show and I'll just, I won't dwell on this for long, but it is very vulnerable to do this. And for the most part, most of the time, I don't mind that. But even in the gap between this episode and the last one, there were moments where I really thought that I I should shut this down, that I should delete all these episodes and wipe all existence of texture from the internet because those little doubts creep in or big doubts, those insecurities. That's just like, Josh, you dummy. Who do you think you are? What are you saying? You hypocrite. Even what you're saying, you don't hold up to dude. Your friends think you're a fucking pussy and a crazy um, clueless, unwoke, little, overly emotional bitch. And they make fun of you behind your back. And they talk about how stupid texture is. And they see you post about it. And they just inwardly laugh or shrug it off. Or, you know dismiss it. These are the things that go through my head. And yeah, that's insecurity. And yeah, I'm being way too driven in some moments by, by imaginary thoughts of what others may think of me, much less quote unquote close friends. There's no value in that. And Yeah, it's like who in 2018, everybody has enough content to absorb in their day, things to read and look at and watch and listen to. And, you know, that little critical voice goes, dude, a a new podcast in 2018. Are you kidding me? We already have enough podcasts. Okay, you dumb piece of shit. No one's going to listen to this, you dummy. You, you are wasting your time, you idiot. You are the laughing stock of your small circle of influence. So way to go. The, <laughs> these are the kind of thoughts I have and even harsher. And so all that to say, I don't think that's true but it is scary to do this and I have to just be okay with the fact that it's not for everyone. Not everybody's going to get it. I can't possibly control who hears it. I can't control how it's perceived. And all I can say is that this is what feels right to me right now. And that I can hope 
and pray, I mean that literally, to actually pray that some little sliver of wisdom or hope or encouragement comes out through me, through this ranting, absurd program called Texture and just makes someone's day or life a little bit better. That's all I can hope. I've been getting these Richard Rohr devotional emails. Devotional is not a good word, but at least it sums up what they basically are. Richard Rohr has a daily email list that I would highly recommend getting on because there are frequently nuggets of wisdom that are so great or, or nuggets of encouragement. And so that segue, here's our quote for the week. Quote for this episode is from the Richard Rohr devotional from just yesterday. And this quote is not actually from Richard Rohr himself, but from an author named Bill Plotkin. What a name. Okay. So just listen to this and then we'll talk about it. Quote, the gift you carry for others is not an attempt to save the world, but to fully belong to it. It's not possible to save the world by trying to save it. You need to find what is genuinely yours to offer the world before you can make it a better place. Discovering your unique gift to bring your community is your greatest opportunity and challenge. The offering of that gift, your true self, is the most you can do to love and serve the world, and it is all the world needs. End quote. Now, some would read that and write it off as some hoity-toity, froofy bullshit. But, you know, that's probably coming out of their own insecurity. So, sorry, fella. You just missed an opportunity to learn. And what I take from that quote is not this sort of, ooh, you gotta love yourself. Oh, find your true self. Uh, not, not in the sort of self-centered way that points our eyes more to ourself. But to me, that quote is expressing that each of us does have a gift. Each of us does have unique properties and elements of our personality. We have unique thoughts to offer. We have unique ideas to share. We have unique talents to display. And I think that that even ties back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the world being crazy. And sometimes with the world being as it is, it can feel daunting because it's like, what do I do? How can I fix this? How can I contribute even one drop of change to this big ocean of disaster? And I think what this quote is saying is just that the more self-realized we are, the more empathic we are, the more secure and comfortable in ourselves, in our own gifts, in our faith or beliefs, in convictions that 
the sort of need for attention or striving for, for success or striving to be seen, that goes away. And it just, it's this simple, humble realization in your core being that has recognized in itself, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm passionate about. And it doesn't matter how many people are paying attention to it. It doesn't matter if anyone in my life ever acknowledges that. It's that I am, I have realized it myself and I'm comfortable here. And now I am free of those bonds and hindrances and, and social walls to just do the small act of sharing it with my circles of sharing it with my community. I mean, just by way of example, that is exactly what texture is to me. And yeah, there's the insecurity still wrapped up in it. There's the fear of judgment or, or being laughed at or being considered a fool. But at the end of the day, this is what feels right. And my truest desire is that it is not to bring attention to me, is that it is not to gain some following because that's not going to happen anyway. It's not for success or monetization, but that it is I observe these things and they get recorded in my brain and I feel the need to say them and say the things that I don't feel like are being said. And all I can hope is that that's helpful. So yours doesn't have to look anything like mine. And hopefully you know already what it is. I know gifting can sound like a hokey word. I know calling can sound like a corny word, but who cares? Why is it hokey? Because other people make fun of it? Because other people call it froofy? Fuck that. Hopefully, as I was saying that quote, something came to mind for you. Whether you're doing it right now or not. Something that you're passionate about. Something that you're very good at. And it's very possible that that thing might feel really scary and vulnerable to do in front of other humans, whether it's something in person, whether it's something that gets shared online. But let me tell you, if the desire is there, if the sensation is there, then there's probably something to that. And there is freedom to let go of the fears and assumptions of what others will think and just trust that there is something to that passion being built into you, that desire or that, that love, that skill, that gift. Just do it. Go ahead and do it. And you may be criticized or made fun of, but just let it roll off because it doesn't matter. It does not matter in the scheme of things. And anyone... Anyone who's going to give you shit for it, 
like I said, is just insecure themselves or they're jealous or they're unaware and they're sad and angry and they just need something to tear down because they are not at peace in their own minds. So whatever it is, if you thought of something, I think you probably did do it, do it. You don't need to be afraid. Do it, do it. That has been this week's edition of texture, the audio program, the podcast. If you guys like what I'm doing, if you enjoy this, if you glean from it, you can help this show. I know I just said moments ago that this wasn't for monetary reasons, that it wasn't for a following. That's still true. And I'm still a hypocrite. It's both and. It's a little dash of both, okay? All that to say, if you enjoy this program, you can go to patreon.com slash texturepod and fling me a dollar a month if you would like, and then you'll get little extra stuff, extra posts or audio clips or rants and things that I'm scared to put out here publicly because see this the fear it still exists even for me even with no following whatsoever even with a minuscule listenership i'm still afraid to say each and every thought that actually comes into this head but you can hear those thoughts over at patreon.com slash texturepod for as little as a dollar a month you can support this show and yes that does actually pay for things that i have to pay for out of pocket like bandwidth like libsyn like hosting the podcasts on uh, iTunes and other places. So anyway, and thank you guys who are supporting it already. You know who you are. Thank you so much. That is really, truly meaningful to me. (laughs) You're very generous and kind and thank you. It means a ton, especially in these early days when it's just, when, when this is still just such a tiny little humble show. So anyway, carry on those nuggets of gladness, kindness, joy. Don't let the world get you down, brother or sister. (sighs) Thanks for listening. See you next time.